Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, here at the Recycle Club in sunny Santa Cruz, California. This is terrible. This is your host, Liza. It is. That was my best NPR voice. Mm-hmm. That was good. Was it good? No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It I can just tell you, you, you trusted no one else with it right now. <laughs> I like, it's only a model. I like your balls in my <laughs> mouth. Uh, Today, <laughs> in, in the train room, the delicious dish, the delicious dish himself. We've got knock. Hi. <laughs> You've completely given up, haven't you? Maybe. Maybe I'll come up with a fucking more funky outro. You know. We introduced you him get... as the extra te- ex- extra testicle today. <laughs> <laughs> To the new girl. We're like, did you know he has three Whatever, testicles? Man. We call him E.T. I thought that was Yuri. Oh, that was Yuri. That's Thor. right. It should have been you. Right. You think you think Prince would go split in lanes, split in lanes? Yeah. No. Sure. He did ride a motorcycle. Uh, okay. you know? Moving right along. Actually, he did also, ride a motorcycle. Also, in the room tonight. I'm saying. Changing things up. He's moved to the other side of the room. We've got Naked Jim. I know the equipment's nicer over here. Those <laughs> <laughs> are all fluffy so and stuff. <laughs> It smells more, though. Of course, running the board tonight, you've got Bagel. Bonsoir et bienvenue à tout. Ooh. Oh, Bonsoir. Uh, sitting here. Merci beaucoup, On the classic girl couch tonight, Miss Emma. Darlings, hello. And that's all, no, that's all you can. <laughs> Next to that, with the mic far away from him, because he is a mouth breather, we've got Michael. <laughs> Classy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Coming around on the train side of the room, we've got Bex. I do believe we forgot another classy person on the classy girl couch. Liza. I introduced myself at the top, but thank you. But you're yeah. on the classy girl couch tonight. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, stick with the format, goddammit. Just stick with the format. Chill out. Aloha. <laughs> also over there, we've got Maruka. Gracias y por escucharnos a todos y nos vemos por allá en la Ciudad de México o en todo México algún día. Yeah, I'd like to translate. There are a lot of toads in Mexico. That's what she said. Sapos, you mean? Oh, sapo. Also over there, we've got Brandon. Kombanwa. Kiss a ginger, 25 cent. Why is yes, everyone please. talking about toads in different languages? I thought they, no, I thought you said toads he has a long in different area codes. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I thought you said toes. I thought we were going to, no, we were going to revisit my Big shrimping, huh? shrimping fetish. Big shrimp. I've got big shrimp. I've got <laughs> is this like a foot fetish thing? <laughs> oh, God, we're already off the rails. All right, that's that's it for the show tonight, guys. Thank Bye. you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Toes for days. I would like to start with <laughs> what we did today, or what we, we didn't do, but there was a lot of stuff happening in preparation of what we are going to do. Yeah. And this is one of those times where it's like, um, is this a good bad idea or a good good idea? Oh, it yes. was definitely. Or a, a bad good idea. good idea. Well, the best ideas good have idea some above. bad to them. So, um, for those who don't know, our entire garage, welder, compressors, everything, <laughs> um, 
runs off my my garage is actually like 1890 yep. <laughs> it was built which is why i have to duck walking in which is why jim has not a me. scrape on the top of it's it. Not me. <laughs> it, it, it it was built with the dimensions of a stanley steamer in mind um and when i took it over it had a single light bulb hanging in the middle yeah so to run all of the electrical that we put in there um I run a series, just a series of, of uh, what do you call the Power cords? Like yeah. Extension cords? <laughs> extension cords. Tw- twisted and, wire joints? And the entire garage is running off an extension cord that goes <clears throat> two, uh, goes over along the backyard fence two doors away to my mom's garden shed. It's plugged into an outlet. It looks like, Electricians, close your ears. It looks like something that you would see in like an OSHA bad after school special. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah no, totally. This is exactly how uh, not to do it. Come on, Liza. Totally. You got to get it to that, that knob and tube and get it. Uh, get it up the code here. So I've I've known over the years we need to up, upgrade it, but it oh. comes down to digging a long mm. ditch, mm-hmm. and nobody ever wanted to do it. But can, I realized. Can I stop you there? Oh. Your your mom's got a shed. Yes. Is it a she shed? <laughs> <laughs> it's the original she shed. Yes, exactly. Very and good. I okay. realized. Thank you. The best person to dig a ditch. To run the wiring, to run a new it's line there. Knock. No, <laughs> Bosley. It's somebody who's desperate for money. Uh-huh. Knock. <laughs> yeah, this, I qualify. No, I've realized Z, who's trying to raise money oh, for her yes. trip. Uh-huh. I have somebody who's desperate for money and willing to do hard labor for it. I can only hope she's out there digging right now <laughs> <laughs> with a bare hand, <laughs> so a spoon. I also, I also <laughs> prison break style. I also realized. That I needed to get somebody who would gain something, would benefit from this. And I had a bunch of the electric wackadoos, the Terry and Brandon and Brian and all them here. And mm-hmm. uh, and I said, you know, I've got this old, I've got an antique gas pump that sits out um, by the garage. I said, what if we wire that up so you guys could turn that into a charger for your bikes? And instantaneously, oh. I got a hard on. <laughs> yes. Stand back, people. Uh, uh, it's but electric. I said, but the downside is I have no power. We're going to have to run power from my house, run a new panel, do everything. And he's like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) So I realized I had a desperate electrician and a desperate ditch digger. We could make this happen. Well, there's oh, one yeah. thing I've, I've learned about Brandon. He is excellent at executing good, bad ideas. <laughs> he is not an idle threat person. I have learned this. You have to take a look at my uh, my ignition on my bike now. It's a pull switch from yeah. a lamp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we started plotting this out and how we can do it. We realized we can run 220 to the garage. So not can't complain about my welder being insufficient. Yeah. Not only that, you can run the air compressor and, and the welder. The and, and, the, and the lights compressor. won't turn off. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Which would be nice. And then we could turn an antique pump into a zero motorcycle charger. That's that is right. quite a cool idea. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a perfect mariage well, the only, of old and new. The, mm-hmm. the first obstacle with it, that was that this antique pump I have still has the old the pump the and guts. the motor yeah. and everything. It weighs like 300 pounds. So uh, Bagel showed up about that time, right, as we tore into it. Mm-hmm. Bagel quickly mm-hmm. realized that this was also a good, bad idea. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he jumped in there. Terry they had saws and wrenches and uh-huh. Brandon. and It was Boffin Palooza. That thing has been <laughs> stripped out 
stripped yep. apart. It's ready to have some chargers inserted. And oh, chargers yeah. yep. inserted. Oh, I'll post and a picture, but there was one point where, like, Bagel's gripping it and Brandon's gripping it. Terry's, like, hacking away with a cigarette <laughs> hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> I'm like, these guys are making it happen. What, yeah. what oh, yeah. kind of a scene was this again? Insertions, huh? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing? It was a scene. And yeah. so you guys, you want to turn it into a DC charger? Yeah, I'd actually like to turn it into the world's first zero motorcycle DC fast charger. There you go. Right here at the Recycle Garage. That is awesome. Pad pending, motherfuckers. So for, for somebody who doesn't have a, a Brandon, how much would that cost them to, to do? Uh, somebody who doesn't have me hanging around handy, it would cost them around four grand or five grand. I'm so wow. modest. Brandon, I have a question for you. I have a, I have a Fraga, <laughs> darling. Um, yeah, Dafa. DC current can be quite dangerous because it doesn't let go. Um, Mm -hmm. What is the potential to kill you with a DC charging setup like that? Mm. Quite high, isn't it? If you're not careful. If you, I mean, it depends on who builds I mean, what it. If I build it, it'll be very safe. What kind uh, of current are you going to run through there? We're going to run around 200 amps of DC current. So, yeah. God damn. Can I, can 200 I amps of DC Wait, current would turn power. your insides into tamales. At, it would, it would actually, you know, I need to get in shape for uh, racing next year. So what I'm planning on doing is just holding the positive and the negative wires in different hands and then having Terry flip the brake or on and off. That'll be my workout. I'm going to be real honest. At this point, every time you start discussing this project, you need to do it with the, like, the mad scientist voice. Like, I'm going to put the DC power in the gas pump. you got to talk about it like that because this is some like mad scientist shit we're on it right is. now. It's, it's actually going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you and I have very different definitions of fun. So let me... So, so Anything that can kill you, is it qualifies for me. Okay, very good. As somebody who dug a trench and did my own 220, uh, and that trench was really long, uh, d- just get a trench digger. Mm. Yeah, that laser. would be a lot it, better. It's, it's much better for no. everybody you involved. It? What I'll say is, is we do it to just Z, rent it. and oh. I think it's awesome that Z's going to Hey, uh, so I was curious, since we're kind of getting into the details, but don't answer this too specifically, how about coming up with parts to make this thing? Because we talked about what your time's worth to build it. Was that to build it include just your time or like to build the whole thing? Um, Okay, so if we were to do the whole project, right, including the wiring from the house to the shed and the pump. And I'm not talking like cost, like if you were to hire someone to come do this at your business. Yeah, Yeah, so if you were to hire someone to do this, you'd probably be looking at a good 10 grand, if not 15. I would think. um, the amount of labor that goes into uh, digging trenches and and uh, putting in conduits and yeah. stuff like Bex is talking about, <clears throat> it's a lot. I just and also doing it so that you don't fry, yeah. um, right? Like you're talking about, is is a huge thing. It's recommended, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and it just works out that we have this. We happen uh, to have everybody look, necessary to do this. Well, yeah, and I've got an old gas pump, uh-huh. and, it is and an a, old gas pump, which is a requirement, and a good location. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and a bunch of guys showing up with zeros. I mean, none of us have zeros yet. Yet, mm. 
But uh, that mean, that means you don't have to go over to my dad's house and charge up on bikes there. <laughs> Actually, Send noise outside. Brandon was <laughs> far a few blocks away. Right. Turns so it'd be convenient yeah. for y'all. And um, didn't you say, didn't someone say you could put like six chargers in there? If you yeah, wanted? we can actually put 20 kilowatts of charging power in there. I think That's what awesome. we're going to do is we're going to take two of the... <laughs> is that the, a lot? Um, you said it wrong. It's 20 kilowatts. 20, 20 kilowatts what? of power. There you 20 go. 20 kilowatts. There you go. Uh, yeah, I just feel like I got hit in the head. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so 20 kilowatts is an awful lot of power. That's uh, effectively in one hour what your house could use in a week. Okay, hold on. When Brandon says an awful lot of power, that's an awful lot of power. What is my bill going to be like? (laughs) Well, we'll have to see. It depends (laughs) if you let Terry charge here or not. Okay, now I'm starting to see the downside. (laughs) It's only going to make your bill go up if it's actually used. Right. (laughs) Wait. But it does, because this is a gas pump, it does have that meter on it. Yeah, oh, so yeah. I actually... We can yeah. hook that up. And yeah. I can and charge people. So, yeah, Bagel was able to save the little piece that spins to turn the amount. Yep. And uh, the last time gas was pumped in that, it was 30 cents a gallon, which is roughly what electricity <laughs> really? costs per oh, kilowatt. Wow. Wow. So if oh, we hook perfect. up a little uh, spinner thing on there, like a little motor to turn that while the people are charging, um, you might be able to make a couple bucks. Hey, yeah. Or break so, even. Uh, <laughs> so what's basically going in there? Like an uh, AC to DC converter or something? And then like that's... Yeah, so it'll be... Uh, what I'm thinking about putting in there is two of the superchargers that uh, I was talking about last week. Hmm. And uh, so we'll take two of the pans that are meant to mount on the zero motorcycles. We'll stick them inside the gas pump and then uh, run the power leads out through the, uh, the gun. Wow. So, yeah. So right. yeah, we were ta- we this still has the hose and the nozzle. We're able mm-hmm. to replace that mm-hmm. with one that'll hook it up. I, I, that's what I was. Yeah. I so figured cute. out the most cost-effective thing for you, Liza, is have this fantastic setup put in a uh-huh. recycle garage, and then do absolutely everything you can to discourage anyone with an electric <laughs> bicycle from visiting us. And that way, it won't cost you a penny. This is right. Well, I figure I'm going to get 220 into the garage, yeah. and they're going to get charging. Yeah. yeah and it's going to be a great Z's thing. Z's going to get some money to buy supplies for her trip. Everybody I was, wins. I was curious how they were going to build it, but and you, we just might get a light the, show. you just putting the belly pan into it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Yeah, so it's, it's already built. Be real you just got to basically put it in there. And yeah. we should be able to use the frame. Uh, what do you think, Bagel? Uh, to mount those pans, the ones that we're mounting onto the bottom of the bikes, yeah. to just turn that sideways and oh, mount sure. that onto the inside of the gas pump. Oh, absolutely. And the, the, and so I was going to say, the thing that's really cool, the the you know how a hose retracts into mm-hmm. the machine? So we found this giant, it's a, a counterweight that the hose loops under, yep. that as you pull the hose, it pulls this counterweight up on, a, on guides. That's all intact. So we can run the whole hose through that oh, cool. and still have a retractable hose. That's yeah, going to be fantastic. Cool. Yeah, it'll be very cool. And I'm wondering, is it also possible to add a J-plug uh, to it as well? Yeah, we could add a J-plug, we could add a Tesla connector, whatever. Yeah, sweet. Mm. Swiss Army charging. <laughs> That could be fun. It wouldn't, so, wouldn't stop charging. So, yeah, speaking of good, bad ideas, um, I found out about this guy recently who had pretty much the king of good, bad ideas. Um, but, you know, those make the best stories, don't they? So, on the phone with us, we have author and journalist Carmen Gentile. Carmen, can you hear us okay? Can hear you just fine. Thank Woo-hoo. you. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I found out about you recently. We, we had a, a, I think a mutual person introduced us, and your story is crazy. Not only is it crazy, I mean, it starts with a Russian-made Ural sidecar. 
Uh, yep. Which that right there, I mean, even just just, just the sidecar. Just if we just said <laughs> Ural, it's like oh. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just keeps getting further and further. So why don't you tell everyone what exactly you did? So I, uh, in addition to my uh, authoring, I am a journalist who specializes in covering conflict. And the last couple of years, I've been spending a lot of time in Iraq covering the war in Mosul and the effort to retake Iraq from the Islamic State. So I, uh, during my travels there, was uh, working with a photographer friend of mine who is also an avid rider, and we decided that we wanted to try to find a new way to tell the story of what was happening in Iraq so that people would actually pay attention. And so what we did was we, we saw this bike. Uh, it's a Russian-made Ural with a sidecar in the city of Mosul amidst all this destruction and, and debris. Uh, and, uh, we approached the owner and asked him if we could buy it from him. And, uh, it had been, uh, damaged in the fighting. There was, there were bullet holes in it. Uh, a piece of concrete concrete had fallen on the tank and crushed it in a mortar attack. Mm. And, uh, this guy was gracious enough to sell it to us for about $400 and had a couple of his nephews push it to the nearest shop down the street. And, uh, a guy fixed it for us. And uh, we rode it around northern Iraq and wrote a story about it for motorcyclists. And and so those aren't that uncommon out there, or how common well, are do you see it, those? It just, there had been a, a, quite a number of them before the war. This is even before the Gulf War, or no, excuse me, between the Gulf War and the and the Iraq War in two thousand three. Uh, the Iraqi government had apparently uh, bought a whole bunch of them, and they were using them. Uh, the military was using them. <laughs> And they were also using them to deliver mail. And so they weren't uncommon uh, sites in the city of Mosul and other parts of Iraq. So, um, but this one w- was particularly unique because it had been war damaged. And, uh, it had an American so in we, it? We, it had what? It had an American in it? Yeah, so it, yeah. Yeah, obviously it, it had uh, a certain unique quality when the two of us were riding it. <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, we had a guy fix it. And what we did in that story was we basically told the story of what was happening in Iraq at that time through the bike. Uh, the, the guy from whom we bought it and then the, the guy who fixed it for us, they told us their story about what it was like living under uh, Islamic State tyranny for two years. Um, and then they had told us stories about how the, the Islamic State fighters had forced them to fix their bikes. And so in that way, we were able to, t- to get a fresh angle on a story that we've been telling for, for quite some time and try to uh, attract new readers to, to something that maybe they typically wouldn't pay attention to. And I think we were pretty successful. So what year is this bike? If I remember correctly, it was like a 2003 or four. We still have it. It's in, it's in another city in Iraq now. Wow. Um, it was, it didn't have that many miles on it. Um, it just, like I said, it had been battered over the last couple of years. And did you say the name of your partner in crime? Yes. He's a photographer named Nishnal Bandian. Great. Uh, he's a, an avid rider as well. And uh, he's the one that spotted it first and uh, proposed that we get on if we could get a hold of this bike and, and make a story out of it. I had been, it, we ran into the editors at Motorcyclist at a, an event in Austin at a MotoGP race, and they came to us and said, hey, we like what you do. Are you interested in doing a story for us? And we decided this would be the perfect home for it. 
we figured it out and made it happen. So for, for there's many people who have yet to ride a bike with a sidecar, especially a Russian-made Ural <laughs> in a rock. Can you yeah. describe, like, the first time you rode it, what that was like? Oh, it was it was my first experience riding a sidecar bike as well. I had never done it. And so when uh, I got on the bike, uh, first and foremost, and we had a, you know, it was wonderful that the, this uh, mechanic was able to fix it, but there's still a number of things that weren't quite right about it. Like it had barely any brakes. Um, so we fired it up. We got outside the this, this city a little bit and uh, managed to just do a little test riding. And the problem was that when you fire it up and, and uh, pull back the throttle in first gear, it has a wicked shimmy to it. So you're, the, the handlebars are just vibrating violently back and forth, so much so that it, <laughs> you feel it all the way through your forearms and into your shoulders. Sounds and a lot like Terry's to, bike. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a bike so we know. I didn't have any experience um, and, until I just decided, okay, maybe this is something that's just a problem in first gear. And something told me to just, oh, okay, you know, what the hell, I'll try. And just, I threw it into second and then it leveled out. But it really, you had to just have enough confidence and, or stupidity to believe <laughs> that it was going to, it was going to be okay because it was all over the road in first gear until you just finally fired it up a little more. And, uh, it, like I said, it, it leveled out after that. You are really good at bad ideas. <laughs> You're good at good, bad ideas. <laughs> uh, like my new hero. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a bunch of them. In fact, I was just in um, Mexico City doing a story for another magazine uh, where I was riding with this all-female motorcycle club there. Ah, yes, I've really, heard of them. It was, yeah, Las Marias. Mm -hmm. Really, really good women. Um, they come from all walks of life. Some work in architects or moms and some work in the film industry. And um, Really, really cool uh but they ride very aggressively and you have to be aggressive in Mexico city because the tra all the traffic is, you can't be defensive. You have to be offensive all the time. One of the, so, one of the women in the room is from Mexico and she is nodding her head yeah, <laughs> as you're saying. So, <clears throat> absolutely. It was funny. I was, I was riding, uh, I was going to meet them and I'm in another part of Mexico city and, uh, I met them at the cafe. And as I was, Going to the cafe, I'm on this I'm on this road going about 45, 50 miles an hour, like a two-lane highway uh, through a city of 20 million people, and there was an open manhole, and I just narrowly avoided putting my front tire in the oh. middle. Wow. <laughs> open the middle of the highway. And I thought, my, if my tire would have hit that thing, I would have jackknifed into the stratosphere. I wouldn't have landed yet. Oh, yeah. last month. What? It was insane. Incredible. But these, yeah, we got on the road and I told them about it. They were laughing. They're like, of course, like you have to be aware of these things. Dude, oh, that, if that was what <laughs> took you after everything you've been through, <laughs> oh, yeah. an open manhole in Mexico. Oh, my gosh. So, um, back to this, you're all. So, you guys are traveling around. What were some of the um, challenges of traveling in that area? Uh, are we saying in the Middle East? Yes. Well, um, you know, we before we did this motorcycle story, uh, we had been covering the, the fighting, uh, like I said, in, in Mosul, and we were spending a lot of time with uh, Iraqi special forces uh, during some of the worst urban combat I've ever seen in my life. It was really bad. Mm -hmm. um, and I covered war in Iraq when the U.S. was in the lead. 
and I've covered the war in Afghanistan extensively. But that fighting there was it was house to house, explosions and gunfire and airstrikes, and it was it was total chaos and. And, and full, full disclosure, we also have Michael yeah. in the room who has served over there. So he, he probably understands more than most uh, what you saw. Did he? Mike, did you? Was he in Iraq? Yeah, I, I was in Iraq uh, in 2003, 2004. So it was a very, very different time, uh, both politically uh, and tactically in that area. Uh, but I am familiar with, with the area. I am familiar with the missions that have followed from my presence there. Um, so I mean, maybe, maybe you even saw that bike when you were there. Perhaps I mean I, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't I didn't make it up. Where were you in Where were you in Iraq? Uh, I was all over, um, just north of Baghdad. My 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 base was okay. uh, Ellis Anaconda um, up there that. in yeah. in Ballad. Um, and you know, and I, I was a wrecker. So you know, we were we were in that area. Um, well, at least in in that area, not necessarily Mosul specifically. I do yeah. recall seeing quite a well, not quite a few, but enough of them in as we moved through some of the more urban areas uh, in and outside of yeah. Baghdad. Yeah. So hey, when you were embedded with these reporters uh, or uh, just doing this story, I mean, did you have kind of rules that you set for yourself so you kind of prevent from becoming the story as opposed to like writing the story, or is there, are you just kind of there for the ride and? report what you can kind of a thing. Well, you know, my rule of thumb, having been embedded with a lot of different forces over the years, is that you don't want to ever get in their way. Yeah. And you don't ever want to get in a, in a position whereby you're putting anyone else's life in danger. And it's a, it's a fine line that you need to tread between um, being there and, and not getting to be the part where you are, to getting to the point where you are the story. Um, I, I had been injured years earlier uh, while embedded with U.S. forces in Afghanistan, yeah. and uh, I, uh, I, I, got, I got hurt pretty bad, and I, didn't, I don't, never plan to get hurt like that again. So I am cognizant of, of, the, of the risks and the, yeah. and with, the with, dangers. With that in mind, how, how would you respond to somebody that maybe sees the motorcycle trip as uh, I don't know, stunty or or more of a, a I don't know, I don't know how to frivolous or something. Frivolous, I mean, yeah. Oh, must a boutique, right, right. weird tourism. Well, yeah, uh, we yeah. were trying. We didn't. We that was a fine line that we were trying to tread, and and in that story, we wanted to make sure that we weren't doing anything that was exploitative, yeah, or that didn't give proper weight to the story because it's a serious situation um and it's a and it's but again what we were trying to do is um let people know of something that is that we find very important about which we're very important we're very impassioned about telling people but maybe bringing it to a different audience certainly you know certainly well I, I, so one thing there's, I there's a there's a way in which you know um I feel as though you can you can still um, be uh, uh, impactful, but find a way in which to do it in a, that people haven't seen before, and hopefully getting them to open their eyes. And and it's um, kind of uh, ballsy of you to go back there too, considering your original injury. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, what happened the first time there? Yeah, well, this was in 2010. I was uh, in Iraq uh, 
covering uh, the U.S. forces in eastern Afghanistan, right near the Pakistani border. And we were on a foot patrol in a very small, remote uh, village in the mountains. And um, I was talking to a group of young men on the, by the side of the road. And in addition to writing, I also shoot video and photos. And I had my video camera trained on these guys sitting on the side of this dirt road. And um, in a matter of seconds, I see, the, I see their eyes get really big, and I hear this whooshing sound from behind me. And I turn around, and, and just down the road is a man shouldering a rocket-propelled grenade launcher, and the, he had fired an ordinance right at us. Oh, and he was screaming to, towards us, and it actually hit me in the side of the head. Uh, without that, mind you, and it, it blinded me in my right eye and crushed all the bones in the side of my head. Whoa. And then, for some, whatever reason, it didn't go off, and it just clattered to the ground. Uh, it hit the platoon leader in the elbow. A young lieutenant hit the ground, and everybody was just stunned. You, I, the video is online; it's on YouTube. Oh my god! And, uh, and, you, and everybody that you know is, is stunned, silent for a moment. So finally, someone asked me, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "No, of course I'm not okay. About <laughs> the goddamn head." <laughs> oh my God. I, I never lost consciousness, but it, it just, you know, rang my bell so hard that, uh, and I initially thought that my eye popped out of my head because it went black immediately. It blinded Ooh. me. Hmm. That's a real, and, and you, you wrote a book about this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I wrote a book that came out, um, earlier this year it's called blindsided by the Taliban. And, um, there's, uh, uh, you know, recounting. It's not just a book about war and, and what happened to me. To me, it's 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 a, more a book about, um, you know, a passion for my work and, and loss, and there's a component of my personal life in there. I'd been engaged to a woman that it all fell through and everything went to hell. Um, but how about how do you have a good sense of humor about the worst of times in your life? That's one of the, the, the focal points of the book. I do have a very dark uh, self-effacing sense of humor, and it helped me get through some really, really hard times. Uh, so I have a question. Um, as as a writer, because do you ride here in the states? Yes, yes, I do ride. In fact, I'm I'm in I'm in the Pittsburgh area right now, and it is balls cold. And I was riding all day. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> what 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 do you ride? Yeah. What do you ride here? Uh, I have a BMW, a Dakar, a 650. Mm, uh, nice, it's great. I have a. A friend of mine uh, who keeps it for me when I'm not in the state because I'm uh, I'm away so much, and um, it that book that uh, bike actually plays a role in my book because that bike had been I've had it for a long time. It was uh, it was uh, in storage when I was hurt, and I meant to only be away for a short while, but I'd been gone because of my injury and recovery for quite a while, and I ended up riding it in a in a in a, in, a, in a fit of ill judgment, I ended up riding it from Washington, D.C. to Miami in the middle of uh, the winter of 2011 oh, while I was still recovering from my injury. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I rode it yeah, in like a three-day cannonball run to Miami. I just needed to get away from everything that was happening to me. And I still hadn't had any vision in my right eye, and, and my bike had been parked outside for six months, but it fired right up. So that was amazing. Um, and that's, that's part in the book as well. So I have a question. How does that affect riding a motorcycle without depth perception? Well, I have, it, the, the beauty is I've had four surgeries on my eyes, so I've had some of my vision restored, but oh, it's good. very blurry. Mm. Uh, it's very blurry in my right eye, and I have lost some of my peripheral vision. So I do have some ill effects on my, on my depth perception, but, um, you know, I've made the adjustment uh, accordingly. 
a little more cautious um, as it pertains to, you know, following behind other vehicles. And uh, uh, I would say I'm a better, a much better motorcycle rider now than I am a, a driver. I can't parallel park for shit now. Um, <laughs> but so it just, it gives me more, I, it, I feel more confident on my motorcycle than I do in a car because I have more room to, to navigate within a lane. And I, you know, I'm actually, like I said, extra cautious about other, about other, uh, vehicles because i'm always cognizant of the fact that nobody's really paying attention to me you have to be careful of your own and be extra careful of your own surroundings and and uh not taken to for granted that other people are going to be looking out for you so i take that to from 10 to 11 when i'm you know now that i i can't see it quite as well but i have to, to get my license I, I had to get my license renewed after my uh after my injury, and I had to, to to cheat a little bit on the eye exam when the uh, person, the DMV wasn't paying attention. I I used my good eye. <laughs> so yeah. you said that the Ural is still over there. Do you plan on going back and riding it again? We were just we were over there uh, in the spring doing another uh, story about riding in um in a rock, and this time we got other bikes. And there's a story that a. Uh, I went over there with a different journalist that's going to be coming out in outside magazine any day. And, uh, we went over there to try to, to fire it up and it had been parked outside for like six months at that point. And it, uh, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, turning over, but we would like to get it in a, uh, Connex and bring it over. The problem is we got it out of Mosul without a license plate on it. We didn't have a deed. We just gave this guy 400 bucks in a cash transaction we're not sure how to get it back to the States. And then once it's in the States, it'll come off some cargo container and you know, it has Arabic writing on it and it has no paperwork. <laughs> so it's going to be suspect at any port. I don't care where, <laughs> where you try to bring it. Someone's going to be like, what the hell is this thing? Radiation bullet hazard. Holes. Yeah, exactly. It's got bullet holes in it. And I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's more weary. So we don't know. We're not sure how to do it, but it's still there. We're trying to, we're trying to figure out something, but uh, we'll, we'll figure it out today. So, so you went back, you're writing another article, um, for this outside magazine. And I guess this yeah, the, was my is writing at this time. Yeah. Uh, uh, another friend of mine, his name is Jason Motlaw and that article it should be on newsstand soon. Yeah. What? So with adventure touring and adventure motorcycling in general, being one of the, the fastest growing segments of the market, you're, you're writing these articles or, or you're, you know, part of these articles that are being uh-huh. written. How would you react to somebody like, well, let's say me, for example, a veteran who's familiar with the geopolitical situation, uh, speaks a little bit of the language and is is a is a, an, an experienced writer? I mean, w- what would you say to somebody like me that said, oh, I, wa- I want to go do that? I mean, this at, at what point does this become adventure tourism in a war zone uh, and not um, war journalism? <laughs> Well, I think the difference is, uh, I don't, I wouldn't recommend anyone going to these places who doesn't have experience operating those places. You obviously have that kind of experience. Um, you know, I've been doing this, I've been covering conflict for 15 years and I have a pretty good idea of what the, the the difference between a calculated risk and a stupid risk. Although, you know, you never know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but you have to, you know, someone like yourself who has that experience, who has knows the lay of the land, has some language background, obviously can ride. I mean, you're much more adept at handling whatever is going to be thrown at you rather than somebody who just gets it in their head. Like, oh, I read that article. Now I'm going to go ride in Iraq. I would not recommend that to anyone. No. 
Um, like I said, this is not the this is not the type of adventure tourism riding whereby we're trying to encourage people to do that. What we're trying to do with with these stories is marry the kind of storytelling that we know best and and operating in places that we just happen to where we happen to work and 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 riding um in a way that we hope that like i said will bring new people to to these types of stories that maybe they never thought to read about or or look at or consider and you know maybe broaden the horizons a little bit and bring greater attention to things that are important to us yeah that's all yeah, so like, how was Iraq? Uh, last you remember it? I mean, was was the last time there was when you were on the Ural, or have you been back there recently? No, we I went back uh, uh, recently. The last time I was in there was late uh, late uh, April, early May. Uh-huh. Uh, that's when we went back and rode bikes again and went to see the Ural that was parked in front of a friend's place and mm-hmm. wouldn't turn over. But I mean, I've been going to Iraq since two thousand five. Yeah, uh, so I've. There are many, many times, yeah, and I've seen it in all phases. And uh, you know what was happening in Mosul was some of the worst stuff I've ever seen in the course of covering that war. Yeah, uh, and um, but you know, you, you never, you never know what what's coming next. Uh, it's, I don't want to get into a, a huge geopolitical tirade because I'll, your eyes will bore into the back right. of your head. You'll get so. <laughs> but, uh, but I but mean. I, <laughs> It's one of those things that you know. It's I, I want to be hopeful, but I have a hard time. Yeah, um, yeah, doing that. And as you well know, <laughs> that it's hard to be hopeful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. So yeah. I have well, I have one more question for you. What is there sure. any place that you would not go ride? Uh, you know, having been riding around the last couple of days in twenty plus degree <laughs> weather. Here, <laughs> Uh, maybe not to the, to the, to the, uh, to the northest, uh, city so in Alaska. Can- <laughs> so Canada, like, you're saying Canada. I, yeah. I'm <laughs> saying northern, I'm saying the northern territories of Canada might be outside the realm of, of my endurance. Yeah. Pr- pr- um, no Prudhoe Bay in the winter. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's okay. um, yeah. riding with the ice road truckers. Time. No, that is not for me. Carmen, I hate to have to say this, but you're a wuss. Now that you say this, it's come out, and then somebody's going to be like, oh, yeah, now you have to do it. It's the perfect story for you to do, and they're going to put me to it, and I'm going to feel compelled to do it because, yeah, I just can't say no at that point. They, yeah, they want they want you, you to do uh, the uh, cover the Iditarod on her Ural. <laughs> <laughs> Just say yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh. Technical difficulties. Well, I just have you on speaker, so you won't be able to hear hear everyone else. That's so, okay. So it, really, that's the beauty of the podcast. We can do that. We can operate on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to just wrap up and say like. Um, you got an amazing story, and for people who want to hear your story, where can they find it? Well, you can read my my book, uh, Blindsided by the Taliban, is available on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble, and wherever you you buy your books, you can look for it there. Um, and uh, you can check out my website, CarmenGentile.com, and. Uh, Look for me on Facebook. I'm the guy with the girl's name in the eye patch. I'm real easy to find. <laughs> and uh, we had just one last question. Do you have any advice for journalists besides taking an RPG to the face? 
to not take an RPG to the face. <laughs> um, and you know what? Any any advice I would give to anyone, uh, it would be uh, wise to to ponder what I would say and then do the exact opposite. That's what I would <laughs> nice. Awesome. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing your story. It's pretty amazing. Thank and, you. And I can say that is real biker shit. Hell yeah. Cool. Yeah. Appreciate it. Love awesome. It. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks Thank again. You. We'll talk to you Thank soon. You. Take care. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. That's nuts, cool. man. That was dope, man. <laughs> well, you know what I like about it is um, he's he's bringing attention to a war that is a lot of us a lot of people are weary of. Dude. You know, it's been going on for so long. I appreciate the fact that he's trying to bring, I think, like a new angle to like bring interest back to the, the fact that people are still dying. Yeah. over there and it's not, still a shit show not yeah. not to get political and shit but like i remember the first salvos in gulf war one getting launched off mm-hmm. the boats like in like ninth grade or something like that i remember that no middle school it was yeah. fucking middle school dude a lot of people crazy. don't even know it's still going on well, oh yeah yeah we have more good bad ideas to talk about but first i wanted to give some thanks to some people we have received some pretty cool stuff at the garage lately um so the first one Oh. Yeah. And lights broke it. And I broke it. <laughs> so you guys, we received a helmet with Bluetooth. Hey, take helmet. a look at this, Emma. Did somebody and poop in it? No, no, no. <laughs> oh. This is from our friend Scott Benedetti. Benedetti. Yes, Scott. Who Thank sent you. us Thanks, a Scott. very nice brand new helmet. Dude, it's badass. Yeah. With Bluetooth. Yes. Cool. And it's a size small. Uh huh. One my noggin. Trying to figure out who would be a good oh, recipient, me. and I thought Micah has really earned a helmet with Bluetooth, but it turns out she has one. Mm-hmm. She has a good helmet with Bluetooth, and mm. I want to give this to somebody who I think is really. Oh yes, Bagel. I know somebody who I don't know if it'll fit her. It's a small. It might fit her though. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Uh, it's a friend of mine who just came back from uh, Chile, uh, and just uh, bought a new bike. Ah, oh, you guys can fight for somebody. Here. Here. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people wait, wait, wait worthy a of it. Minute. Yeah. Well, I I, so I want to say thank you to oh. Scott, and that was a really cool thing. And then thank we you, got Scott. another. Uh, we got some more cool stuff too. So, mm. all right, this is from. Let's see, I saved it. Phil. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, here we go. We got a really cool book, y'all. So, Emma, can you describe this book? So, this book oh is called Chilton's Motorcycle Troubleshooting Guide. This is right up my alley. And it was printed by the Chilton Book Company mm. in 1966. <laughs> wow. And you- it covers... It covers... I mean, it covers yeah, well. absolutely... Everything. Want to learn how to set points? Yeah. Right. <laughs> totally. Um, but the thing I like the most about this book is in the mid-60s, you know, the Japanese manufacturers already had made big inroads into America, mm-hmm. mostly in the lightweight stuff. So it covers all the little lightweight Japanese bikes, but the British stuff as well. It's a wonderful book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. I love stuff like this. Uh, the photographs alone... And the illustrations, they're they're wonderful. It's got specifications. Now, check this out. I'm looking at specifications for a 75cc BSA Beagle. 
<laughs> beagle? A BSA beagle. Not a bagel? No, not a bagel. <laughs> I would think it would be a corgi being British at all. Queen's Hold situation. No, it's a beagle, darling. All right, all right fine. Um, so the plug setting is 20 thousandths, 12 thousandths for the points, and you set the tappets. And three thou for the inlet and three thou for the exhaust. And those are in, in metric numbers, right? No. Freedom units. Don't you ever <laughs> talk to me about crazy. setting. <laughs> don't you ever talk to me about setting valve clearances metric again, not. <laughs> ever. <laughs> you set your valve clearances in thou. Right. Well, I mean, that's what I'm th- saying. It's like, Thousands it's of like... an inch, darling. What do you think it is? Thousands of a millimeter? What, what the hell is wrong with you? You're using science <laughs> units, but like everything else is fucking freedom units. So how does this fucking work, man? Like, I don't know. Damn. <laughs> God. Has Maruka claimed the helmet? <coughs> oh, it's so amazing. She is wanting to. Oh, yeah. Holy I mean, smokes. It's a great looking lid. And, and that yeah. visor is very so dark, though. And, oh, and this, I think it's perfect. This book, which is so badass, too, this is also from Scott in Philly. And Scott sent us a note, says, uh, just a note of thanks for all you do with the garage and the podcast for the community. I'm not a writer yet, as I've had some some health issues to sort out Mm -hmm. uh, before getting my endorsement so that the recovery will be quick after my first fall. No more cheesesteaks. So he wants to be nice and healthy. (laughs) Good. No more (laughs) cheesesteaks. I hope to visit on my first road trip cross country. Right on. Hope you enjoy it. That's awesome, dude. Hey, if you want to get healthy. The, uh, get into some cycling. It's help. Uh, it's really awesome for cardio, and it's relatively low impact. Yeah. Try not to get uh, hit by a car, which is kind of important. That's but pretty, like, aside from that, recommended. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wanted to make an announcement. This you guys don't know about. You're this pregnant. Yet. No, no. Ah, shit. <laughs> every, every, every time. <laughs> no. Well, God. you know, Christmas is coming up. And Christmas is coming, and Emma's I started thinking, flat. what would be a good gift for all of our Patreon subscribers? Hand jobs is another good bad idea. In the alley with knock. Yeah. Ooh. Or Mike. Oh, I, I've got an <laughs> yes, idea. Please. Well, I have an idea. What is your idea? My idea is an extra special uh, Emma's history hole. Ooh. Ooh. Well, maybe we can do that, too. Holiday edition. You know what? I decided um, for all of our subscribers at $5 or more per month. Y'all. Um, anyone who is, uh, let's see, let's see, Jan- by January 1st. Yes. Any any new subscribers? Any current subscribers? Yes. Any current subscribers who want to raise the amount to $5? But on January 1st. Yes. Everyone who's at $5 or more a month yes. mm-hmm. is going to get a t-shirt. <gasps> oh, all right. And wait, we, wait, you're doing t-shirts? We are designing a new t-shirt. Oh, you have not done this in a while. We haven't done it. Sadie. This is going to be a brand new t-shirt. And I am doing what I said I would never do, and I am coming out with a black t-shirt. Ooh. Very good. <laughs> and Knock is designing it. Whoa. Don't get everybody's hopes up, man. So it's gonna have a, it's gonna have a droopy <laughs> penis fucking, on it. Don't, don't, don't hide that shit up. I can More help like, you. It's been drawn with a droopy penis. <laughs> so we're doing and something completely is. new um, for us, but I think it's time. So January, well, you gotta put all this pressure on me like that. Jan- by <laughs> January, black shirt and motorcycling. I don't know if completely so, new is how we want to label that. Just remember, all of our current subscribers at five dollars or more. Anyone who ups their 
amount of $5 or any new subscribers, $5 I got, or more I per month, you will get, <laughs> I'm going to get everyone's orders in January and, and hopefully by the end of January, ship out all the shirts. You know, that is a, that is actually a big announcement, Liza. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Still actually, um, actually better than a handy there. Yeah. I am. Um, Agree to disagree. No, but I, <laughs> I'm thrilled that so you're choosing black you as well. You know, because some of us who are getting a little bit thicker around yeah. the middle, you know, well, black is so flattering. It's just winter time. That's all. Yeah, no, it's it's my winter weight. It's, it's winter been time. winter time for four years on me. <laughs> so uh, let's go back to good bad ideas. Yeah. So Ooh, here's another more? good bad idea. Well, this is another thing of how can we bring some things together. Mm. So you know, Jim has his uh, the K KLX two fifty. Is right that he he likes. But he doesn't love it as much as he loved his DR350. And you loved that bike, didn't you, Jim? It's a, yeah. And can, can you remind people what happened to that DR350? It ran out of oil on the one, and I went skidding <laughs> oh. down, the, down the freeway at 60 miles an hour. <laughs> that is a misfit move. Yeah. Well, I honestly, I think one. the spray of oil on the tires actually what saved me from, <laughs> from, <laughs> from worse. <laughs> The, the coefficient of friction between uh, your seized rear tire and the road. My hmm. goodness. Yeah, and after seeing the piston, it was so seized anyway. Oh, I yeah. mean, you destroyed they were that it up. bike. It was, it was yes. Yeah. And you still have this bike, and you were looking for a new Dude. engine to put in it. I know, and if I was in Ohio, I would already have one. God <laughs> <Yeah>. damn it. <laughs> But it's been sitting in your shed, yeah. waiting for a new engine. And mm. then I had a crazy idea. Mm-hmm. And I started talking to some of the electric guys here. I'm like, hey, guys, got any spare bits we might be able to throw <laughs> in a bike? <laughs> and I'm starting to feel like that mad scientist thing is sticking. Right. Yes. Oh my God! They're 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 more efficient than like a quilter's grip. They're like, yes, we can. We have all the things we need. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> and we're thinking of making his DR three fifty going electric. Yeah. But Brandon, mm-hmm. for people who maybe have this same idea, I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about. Let's talk about the process. What's involved? How do you convert an existing motorcycle to electric? Well, first you get rid of all of the stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which also requires the maintenance. That's Take such a everything that's behind right. the headlight and replace it with a zero. <laughs> it touches oil. Actually, you're not too far off. Um, yeah. If somebody wants to do this at home, it mm. would be a lot cheaper for them to buy a zero. Yeah. Ditch yeah. the bodywork and frame. And then take the powertrain and put that into your bike of choice. Uh, so for like your bike, um, I don't actually know how big or small a bike like that is because I don't know. Um, <laughs> but to put, uh, say, you know, six kilowatts of battery in there and uh, enough power to loop the thing a couple times um, would be really easy to do with a zero powertrain. Right. It's funny. As soon as I heard that these guys were getting involved, I'm like, they are going to immediately turn it into a death something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is it? Mini bike, dirt bike. It's a DR it death. It's yeah. Dr. Death. <laughs> but it, but, but honestly, when uh, when Liza approached uh-huh. me, I was hesitant. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, the bike's going to sit there. I'm like, unless I start pursuing trying to find this cheap motor, right? which probably isn't going to happen. It's like, fuck it. Let, why not? And mm-hmm. After thinking about it, I don't think it'll be too hard to adapt, really. It's just really getting the components to fit properly. Well, like, the components and like bracketry, that's going to be the biggest I, thing is the bracketry and welding that Well, the other thing I'm curious about is what kind of – what do we have to do? Do we have to do anything to the suspension? 
Like the weight distribution of the old motor versus what's going to go mm, on with good the new question. motor. You know, I don't probably know. Probably be heavier, wouldn't um, it? <laughs> but we'll have to see. It, yeah, it's probably going to be heavier than the old bike. Um, probably how much death you want in it. More death, <laughs> more suspension. Yeah, more death, about, more uh, suspension. You ever thought about putting a 650 motor in there and just build some brackets? I mean, I don't no. know if it's... Uh, how about a 1200? Well, <laughs> just, just to speak there to Knox's point, that no, I really like that 350 motor. There was something about was, the way... I think it was the, yeah. the way it kind of I got an LS1 thumped. we can shoehorn in there. Yeah, but the way that motor kind of thumped, it it, it would hook up there, really well. Like when you're climbing... There's going to be no thumping oh, with an electric not engine. Not that um, darling. Well, actually, we can, we can change oh, no, it's If a, you want thumping, we can put thumping in it. there. Yeah, but it... it no, it'll like be... Put a little dildo on the bottom, card. it'll tap on the bottom of the seat for you, <laughs> you know? No, with well, an electric motor. Well, no. <laughs> if we go down this path, it's going to be it's going to be a different motorcycle. So I, right. now once I embraced it, it's like, well, well, let's run with it and see what we... But I think... It would be bitching to take take it to Hollister. But you yeah. know, your right? if I can do that, your concerns about weight and weight distribution—it's a very very simple formula. It's it's complex, but you can paint it in simpler terms. So if you imagine an imaginary line between um, the headstock, the top of the headstock, we'll call that the crown of the motorcycle. And then the rear wheel axle. So you imagine an imaginary line that goes from there to there. Everything in front and below that line is going to help you. Everything behind and above it is going to hinder you. That's mm. you. You are above and so and behind. Basically, yeah. it's <laughs> and I can be quite the hindrance <laughs> to your bike, yes. In terms of handling. And so that's why, for their size, gold wings are actually quite agile. Because everything's low and forward. So yeah, the mass is centralized as too. long as, exactly. So as long as you keep the mass low and forward, because here's the other thing I think that I would like if we're going to build this thing that I would like is it to be economical, like mm-hmm. not, you know not dirtbag challenge style, but you know do this thing with with using what I can. So if I can use the, the oh use a washing machine engine, I, <laughs> no put an engine from a washing machine in it with a belt drive. <laughs> Theoretically, it could power it, right? Well, yeah. yeah, it could. It could. Uh, but we have but it, we theoretically, have oh, what God. would happen if you <laughs> yeah. were to build it out of everything that came from the trash? Yes. Right? Well, I, I like the so, idea well, of we, we do have that electric motor that came out of the gas pump. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will speak to this. So Electric Terry, who people know if you listen to the podcast. Wait, can we share this? Yes. No. Okay. No. Yes. Just no, we don't know it. if we can no, no. share this. No, it's just us. I don't, think I, I we don't can know what you're this. saying, but if it comes from Electric Terry and it, you're wondering if you can share it, the answer is probably no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say Top it had secret. to do with, with diving. That's it. Yes. Yes. The, yes, we cannot That's talk what I was about alluding. this. <laughs> but, dude, I mean, this can be another, like, death FX, basically. Dr. Death. Or not. <laughs> Does it have to be a death FX? Well, it just would be, because maybe if we're using, oh, like, an on, SR motor. But you know what would be I like. I thought it was cute that you said if. If we do this, like yeah. you're gonna wake up one day and have an electric bike in your garage. <laughs> so, but here's what I think would be bitching because um, is to be able to build something that we could, could take to Hollister, do the same riding we do now, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is fun. Take it out, take it out on the flat track on the TT track out there. Mm-hmm. I think I think it would be a hoot. Mm-hmm. It's like why not? It'd be something different. So no one's done before. Engine. I'm down with washing, washing machine. machine. He engine. has a washing machine. <laughs> yeah. No, we can't. Definitely Dude, we're gonna dis- When we finish with the podcast tonight, I think we should go around to your house and dismantle the washing machine <laughs> well after watching you guys go with that gas pump today i'm like oh my god <laughs> is it possible that we can leave the exhaust pipe on and have it shoot the plasma out 
Yes. <laughs> I like the plasma I was actually bowl. thinking about using it as a, uh, a noise amplifier. <laughs> well, it's funny. When you first started saying that, I'm, I look at Brandon. I'm like, A, Brandon can make plaza, plasma on the fly. <laughs> and he can program thing. motorcycle sounds that will damage people's ears. Because like, you do all this can you, stuff. Can you make it just go, fuck you? Make it actually motorcycle sounds? Yeah, we could do that. I will, I will ride that nonstop at the TT track so in Hollister. Do you want every time you hit the throttle to tell somebody to fuck off? Depends just, on how big yes. they are. I <laughs> <laughs> I have the best idea. So I I just got there's a new member of the the household at my house and it's a tiny kitten. Mm. Little little four week old kitten and noises that come out of this oh. tiny animal are extraordinary. <laughs> oh my god. So what we need to do is we need to record all the noises my kitten makes. <laughs> That's funny. And then awesome. he can have a bike that makes kitten noises. <laughs> okay, okay. It's so then we can call the bike Emma? instead of Dr. Death, it's Dr. Pussy. Oh, the pussy wagon. Because, you know, a kitten, if you could translate what a kitten actually says, they are so angry. It'd be like, I'm going to come at you with a knife, you bastard. So... Yeah, no, we need all. That's all we need to do is record my kitten and all the myriad of noises this thing makes. No, and then it, that's the noise your bike's gonna make. Yeah, I'm totally down. Mad so scientist down project for sure. Kitten yeah. noises, it's the Jetsons but, car, you know. Yeah. Who's playing that? Not me. So, um, yeah, I think I think it'll be fun. I think Let's we do, do it. it. I'm totally down. Um, yeah. The so here's some of the cons that I've discovered. All right, whose phone is playing? I said Emma. Oh. Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Look here, see, turn that phone oh. off. Right? <laughs> okay, Forgive me, here. it was George Formby doing at the TT races. See. All right. Jeez. Uh, so um, <laughs> the downsides I've seen. So if uh, for for weight, if, mm. would you would you recommend one battery or two batteries? I'd recommend all the batteries. In the world? <laughs> and, a, and a dirt bike? Don't you well, want it? Okay, it, it depends on how dirt baggy we're going to get with this, because we could also build it from scratch you, and you, use, like, like used vape batteries. I, I do believe we should <laughs> remember what? that Brandon hasn't been on the dirt. Not yet. He's right. Really this is the perfect bike for it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> sure, he knows it, too. You can go do the Baja 1000 with him. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. You want to ride Dr. Pussy I'll at the ride Baja? It. Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. If you got somebody okay. with a truck so, pick me up, yes. So for, for weight, how much does one battery weigh? Uh, about 40 pounds. Okay. So if you put two batteries on there, mm-hmm. like an FX has, what mm-hmm. would the range be if we had want to take it out? On the street or in the dirt? In the dirt. Uh, how fast are you going? It's working hard. Like, like, cause it's you're loose spinning stuff. the wheel. You're know? spinning the wheel, but like, but what speed? But you're not fighting the wind between ten and twenty-five miles an hour. Uh, you're gonna get like between thirty and sixty miles range. So you'll probably get it's not bad. Not bad. You know, all. several hours of riding out. Yeah. Mm. I mean, because cool. when I ride in the I know desert, we can charge it real fast. If I ride, if I go fifteen to twenty miles in the desert, I'm I'm pretty worn out. I mean, I'll ride again later in the day, but that's a good jaunt if mm-hmm. it's you know if it's you know you're working. So the downside is, is it's possible that the batteries we procure cure are faulty and may catch on fire that's okay we can only hope <laughs> will it form can, a will it form a plasma ball can, can, i'm very it, interested in it the depends on how balls. we build it so if we build it out of the used vape batteries like we could literally travel from vape shop to vape shop asking if they have trash batteries we could solder these things up and then like 10, if they went bad <clears throat> 
it would be like a, a Roman candle shooting oh, out of the bike. What kind of <laughs> back of the future? I say, Doc Brown, shit, you got going on here, man. <laughs> I just we just need a flex capacitor. Can, can you design a quick release system for the battery in case it starts to go critical? Eject! No, no, eject! No. Actually, <laughs> um, that's like a, a standard part of Luke and my uh, designs is oh, yeah? to kick the batteries out. They must oh, be wow. kickable. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking you're, you're ahead of me thinking that is so like I can think of a little hard tread, things that ought to be kickable right now put a tread plate on there you learned that shit the hard way wow so um, Brandon the, yeah. the, the one thing um, which is a serious question because we're going all down kind of tangents <laughs> how physically no I like the idea of that <laughs> how big is the actual propulsion unit for a zero um, the actual engine it's about the this size big, so of a billy bass doesn't a little help. bit smaller than a basketball mm, okay, okay. <clears throat> that's for that's for the SR motor yeah and yeah. how yeah. how physically large are the batteries uh, about the same size actually so in order to have something that is usable, mm -hmm. you would need to find enough real estate to contain three bowling balls. Yeah, that's about right. Three basketballs There's within no, the confines. Room in there. That mm -hmm. is doable. Yeah. It just depends if they can stick out in the right places. Like, for example, it's going to be direct drive, right? So that will the motor be where the rear sh axle is? Could be. Motor could be wherever you yeah. want. Or I guess you could pull it forward, so too. So I, where would you put the motor in relation to the wheel? I would probably put the motor as low and close to the rear wheel as possible. That's okay. my thought. Yep. I'm My thought from what Brandon's just said, we, we put the motor right in front of the swing arm pivot, literally yep. right mm -hmm. in front. Yep. And that's going to leave you plenty of real estate in front for a couple of batteries mm -hmm. right. side by side. Oh, and the gas tank. You have two gas tanks, right? Yeah. Would you mind cutting the bottom out of one of them? Okay. <laughs> well, I'd rather, right? I got the plastic one. Just, I'd, I'd rather not <laughs> cut the stock one in half. So, but yeah, you can have the shell of the gas tank. Oh, yeah. So that it looks like a standard bike, mm -hmm. and maybe we can put the charger port at the gas cap. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. So, chain drive. Yeah, I, yeah. I myself, bike, so. I like yeah. chain. Yeah, um, I know bike. a lot of people prefer belt drives, but not um, for dirt. Absolutely yeah. not for dirt. Yeah, and also, I don't know if you change your gear ratios in dirt very much, but no, like yeah. chain is way easier to do that with. Mm. Yeah. Right. So I have a question: If we move the motor way back, will there be enough play in the chain? Because oh, now yeah. the counter sprockets way forward, oh. and oh, you have yeah. all that room no. for the rear suspension. No, to move. It's, it's fine. Generally, the closer. The countershaft sprocket is to the swing arm pivot. Mm -hmm. The less deflection you get between tight and loose in the chain, mm, okay. the, the less. And in fact, a lot of manufacturers over the years, especially in the dirt, have kind of flirted. Nobody's ever done it really super successfully of actually having the countershaft sprocket in line with the swing arm pivot. Mm. And that way you get no deflection between fully up and fully down. Hmm. It's at the same tension. But the closer you can get it, the less you get. Um, simple math, darling. Mm -hmm. But, um, no, this is doable. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. Chain drive, you have to stay with chain. Because mm -hmm. chain is one of those wonderful old-fashioned desi designs that have been around since the beginning of time. Mm. And there is simply no more efficient way of transferring power from one point to another. 
more so than belts, more definitely more so than a shaft. I mean, for all its cleanliness, and more than we gears, did. Even? We did a whole Emma's history hole on this. <laughs> there is, if you just want raw horsepower. You can't beat a chain. You absolutely cannot beat a chain. The, the only way you could beat it would be to have the shaft go directly into the uh, the, the rear wheel. The right. Wheel. Yeah. We, um, could, we could mount the motor to the swing arm and just put the shaft right into your axle. There you go. But, the, <laughs> but you have a lot of you had a lot of unsprung weight. But that the, way. the advantage the advantage oh, yeah. I'm seeing with the way an electric motor produces power and torque, especially above a single. <clears throat> is that because you're not getting the pulses of a single, you'll be able to reduce the size of your chain from the one that's on it, and it'll it'll be more efficient because there'll be less yeah. friction because it's a smaller chain. Well, slapping around mm-hmm. the power um, pulses. <clears throat> and you'll gain more horsepower and have a smaller chain, and because the engine's not pulsing, it's a mm-hmm. lot more linear, mm-hmm. It, there's no chance of it breaking. It's going to be great. And it sounds like, depending on the batteries, obviously the weight isn't that much different than a regular combustion engine. I think it, it may actually we- end up weighing less. If the batteries are you know, that'd be amazing. A DR350 mm. is an interesting thing because it's a, it's a single, and singles, in order to work properly, they do need some kind of flywheel effect yeah. in them, and they have got proportionally quite big flywheels. Mm. You know, the alternator itself acts as a flywheel, the, the, the rotor, mm-hmm. but if you actually look at the, I call them the pork chops on the crank, mm. they're quite chunky on a DR350 as well, just to get that, get it over. Yeah, because between firing, it's a long way. It yeah. hasn't got the same characteristics as, say, a multi-cylinder right. engine, where it goes fire, 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 right. fire. It goes so. fire. And I think I, fire. I think that's why it kind of has that tractory effect, where yeah. it just hooks up. You're like, right. and that's, it's going to climb That's traditionally why um, dirt bikes they do very, very well as singles yeah. because it's, it's got a, those chunky characteristics yeah. mm-hmm. so it's actually kind of a miracle that single cylinder engines don't shake the shit out of themselves apart <laughs> well they usually I mean, do right but i mean like uh the, the power pulses that the, the right peak and, but they've they've come up they've come an awful long way i mean you if you get on something like a klr 650 not my favorite bike as liza knows she knows i prefer the dr but in real terms, it's quite a civilized animal. Yeah. If you were to go back in time to the early 1960s and get on, say, a Panther 650, which was a British effort. I thought that was a tank. No. <laughs> a Panther 650 was a single cylinder. They're basically sidecar tugs, but they make mm. for quite entertaining solo bikes. <laughs> um, 650, single cylinder giant push rod thing with a huge long stroke an amazing thing to ride just biblical vibration um and it's very very low frequency vibrations it's kind of like sitting on a giant tugboat but you realize how far these things have actually come mm-hmm. um but yeah the potential for, always the potential for disaster but before we have any panther owners who are listening to this show i love them dearly i would i do bad things for a panther i really so would. jim let's let's pull that motor and the and a clutch and the clutch lever off 
<clears throat> and leave everything else. Yeah, it's easy enough. I mean, we, we already did the forensics on it. When it, we got down to your completely fucked point, we stopped. So, <laughs> let me, yeah, I'm down. Let me ask you this, Brandon. I know yeah. what you're going to say, but I want a an intelligent <clears throat> reply. Okay. What I'll, would be the advantage, stretch, if any, of putting a clutch and transmission on that thing? Uh, there is one. I actually want to develop a system that uses your clutch hand to give you a true neutral in an electric bike. Mm. Right. Um, oh. It's something that I have wanted. It comes purely from Ooh. racing. When I'm yeah. some yeah. corners, I want to have engine braking to right. effectively trail brake the same way a petrol engine would when you're going into it. Um, but other times I want to just maintain my speed without having any throttle. So I want to pull that in to get a neutral, just like you do on right. a petrol. For a dirt bike, that makes sense. Dude, because there's so many times like, Whatever, when you're bombing downhill, and I'll pull in the clutch and just mm -hmm. lock up the front. You spend a right. lot of time with a locked up yep. rear, rear wheel. Or, or, for example, if I can detect that the clutch is halfway pulled in, cutting the top speed or the torque down a certain amount, uh, mm. developing a system like that, I think, so would be really important. Let's go wow. back a couple of years to the uh, Brahmo Impulse. It which was this, a yes. manual mm -hmm. transmission bike. And I know it was a crappy truck. I mean, that thing was a snow. <laughs> that, well, was, that was there because people need, felt they needed well, one. It, no, it didn't joke. really serve a purpose. Bramo, it was a joke, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but Bramo chose a weird track. That was like a snowmobile transmission, if I remember right. And it was like two up, one down or something weird. Yep. Um, but it was a clutch and transmission. Mm -hmm. What's the life wire going to be? Do we know yet? Well, if it wasn't stupid, it would be uh, <laughs> no transmission. But it it could have at least a gear reduction. Like uh, the Energica mm. has a reduction in there. Yeah, right. Um, but there's really no need to have more than two gears on an electric. Uh, m if you're doing regular street riding, I don't see a reason to have any gears on one. But um, you know, if you want to get up to like 150 or 200 miles an hour, you should have. But a you see, gear. here's here's the point I'm making. And you know, I've done some miles on your personal mm -hmm. bike, which flies, by the way. <laughs> As a long-term biker. Mm -hmm. It would be a lot more intuitive to me, even if it only had two gears, mm -hmm. if I had a clutch lever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it, it's a very, very sharp learning curve to get on something. It's a leap of faith of just hold on and twist the throttle. Mm. And it's, it's the level of performance you get with basically scooter controls. So one thing it's that I have noticed... It's a twist and go is, is a very, very low uh, capacity uh, thing, but you have all this raw power... I'd like a clutch. Just really is like, oh, shit, just grab the clutch. I can tell you on the street, I, I've not needed it when riding an no, but electric, but in dirt, it, I think I can see how that would be more beneficial. What I see happening is we end up building something, take it out, uh, and start ripping on it, and you come back and you're like, holy fuck, I didn't think that was happening. <laughs> but that's a starting point. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think we go for it, and then we just learn as we go. Yeah. Mm. It'll be so, a blast. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we need to do that. And tell you what, the good bad ideas don't stop here. Oh, we have more. We have. We oh, have more. there's there's always have more. Have you been here? So, have you been to my garage? Yeah. <laughs> Jim and I had a good bad idea, and we've made some purchases. <laughs> what was this good bad? We did idea? reel it in though. It's pretty. It's kind of benign at this point. Um, we have purchased two electric mini bikes. Ooh, <laughs> what? <clears throat> Yeah, thousand watt mini bikes. What? Because well, thousand? for <clears throat> for a couple of reasons. One, <laughs> to do stupid stuff out on the street that they can't hear us when mm -hmm. we're drag racing. <laughs> the um, to do stupid, stupid stuff out on the street. <laughs> uh, two, 
We do have a holiday party coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Mm. Christmas stuff, stupid. And there may just be a backyard track. Mm -hmm. Backyard Christmas stuff, stupid. (laughs) With with a a muddy corner. I think there there needs to be a muddy corner. Muddy Uh, backyard Christmas stuff, stupid. That's an actual muddy corner, right? Oh, yeah. Knock has ridden on this track. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty dope. Knock's backyard. So we figured two mini bikes were the right thing to do. When we were searching all over for some of the electric, or the gas ones like we're looking at at the Coleman makes some cool little ones Mm -hmm. even Chinese anything and it turns out Fuck you, state of California. They can't yep. ship any of them ah, here. California. <laughs> we, but we even found some black market ones. Somebody like went to Nevada and bought a whole bunch of Coleman like, scooters and are selling them out of their garage in the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh we God. almost bought those. But then we decided that these the little California electric ones cancer. are just enough to be stupid on yeah. and not yeah. kill ourselves. So we've ordered those. And plus we have... Um, I think ne- we should fix the not kill ourselves part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, that remains to be seen actually <laughs> you guys Maybe. new year's day we're gonna go to bad matt's flat tracking another backyard flat Rip tracking and we figured those would be great but also i say we put a zero power top, train in them well the top speed is 17 miles an hour oh perfect but i'm gonna let brandon and <laughs> get yes. a hold of it <laughs> again just attach brandon eagles just attach death to it that, yeah that's what it turns into jim what, what do you think what do you think the max should be do you think 35, 40 is too enough much? To, enough to compound fracture of femur? <laughs> yeah, exactly. how, much, how fast do you have to go for that? Can no, you, oh I, my God. I think if you, if you can actually get on the thing and experience the Doppler shift, so um, <laughs> okay. speed of light, darling. <laughs> Let's do it. But you know what? I think it'd be a lot of fun. You know, we can also, you know, fabricate on them a little bit and cut them up. Well, the reason we didn't go, because like if you live anywhere besides an urban area, like why wouldn't you get the yeah. 200cc ones, right? Yep. What but, style um, are they? No, they're like just like what you used to get from Sears and Roebuck, but they're electric. But the problem around here is we get in trouble enough as it is. And with gas motors, people get pissed off. But with oh, electric, that's go- no, with that electric motors, they're looking. like, oh, that's really neat. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's like, if we're going to get something, let's get oh, something we God. can use. And it's a rigid. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like the electric version of the, the ones we had from Sears as kids. Yeah, but yeah. I think like, we can like, do a lot more fun shit with these things. Right, like the green uh, death bike that was at uh, Mid-Ohio. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Chrome's yeah. green right. death um, machine. But we yeah. figure, too, we could be a little more stealth in the neighborhood, ripping around and going down to the railroad tracks. Yeah, we could do stuff. jousting yeah, with them. Actually, <laughs> I was thinking we'd do like similar how they do in, uh, in Supercross, where they could rip through the backyard. Um you know, over a pile of garbage or something, who knows? Um, and then they go down the alley, and we can have some jumps <laughs> oh, yeah. in the alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or dodge, dodge, dodge J- a jump hobo. Jump over the hobo. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out with a pile of hobo. Santa Cruz Jim Connor, right? You told me. Yeah. <laughs> and then come back and. I Twice around the drug lancets. Yeah, avoid yeah, exactly. the needles. Yeah. yeah. Throw empty beer cans at them. We figured it was time to do some more stupid stuff, and you got to have pairs of things yep, for gotta get stupid to. stuff. So, yeah, we got some stupid mini bikes coming. And what's great is you can order them from Amazon, they're being delivered. So I want to <laughs> see how they're going to get that thing up on my porch. Yeah. <laughs> it'll come assembled, right? I'd imagine it's assembled. Uh, no, I think... Uh, I, don't know. I think we'll they're see. pretty close. Oh, okay. But honestly, it's a big-ass box. So we'll find There's out. There's no <laughs> suspension, so it's like just the frame and the wheel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? So if yeah. you want to see how fast you should make it go, just get on a, a no-suspension mountain bike and go downhill. And <laughs> so, there um, you go. I'm looking, I'm looking at the profile for this bike, and there is, a, there is a picture of a child riding it. And I do exceed the weight rating. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Not how, by much, though. I think the, most people will. The child riding it does look absolutely terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Good this is call. a bad idea, Dad. <laughs> we're, we're doing it right. So, yeah. So that should be that should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I wanted to talk about yet another good bad idea, but this is There's not more. one of ours. Mm. Well, I want to get everyone's opinion here. Okay. Um, and this is now merging all of our topics into one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw the announcement that came out recently about Ural. Oh, oh yeah. Which you know, Jim and I went and visited a Ural dealer. It had some really cool looking things. I, well, it is kind of tempting once you're in there, right? It was super cool. You see the one with like all the like camping gear. And it was a surprise like, too because we were going to the welding shop and like, yeah. oh yeah, it was a Ural oh, dealer. Yeah. And it turns right. out he's like the only what straight well, he Ural only dealer in the country. dedicated Ural dealer in the country. He's he's a little more than just a dealer. Is he? Well, he's got a German Everyone machine does. gun too. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that thing was heavy. Dude, that was legit. But, um, You're a lot of work in a gray area here. Should we be concerned? <laughs> no, no, no. But did you guys see the announcement that Ural is coming out with an electric yes. right uh, bike with sidecar? It's got a washing machine engine. And <laughs> you know what? It's actually, actually using the zero powertrain. Yeah. There you go. So it's got a single long brick in it. It looks like it has uh, six kilowatt hours of battery. So you'll get, uh, you know, the same as we're talking about with your bike uh, in range between 30 and 60 miles uh, on the highway. And um, then it looks like it has the regular charger. So it's a slow charge, unfortunately. Um but, that but it so does even look like ele- a Ural. Even electric, it's a it's a low performer. So like Ural just can't seem to <laughs> shake that, huh? Yeah, yeah. And and the thing weighs eight hundred and eighty pounds. Oh, wow! Right. Like like my Energica weighs five hundred and sixty pounds. That, that's with the sidecar. I don't know oh, if oh, that. I thought yeah. that was oh, just yeah, the bike. No. Did no, no, they no, fill the sidecar with batteries? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, like. I yeah. don't know if it's with the sidecar or oh, just yeah. the bike, but it looks like a big solid steel definitely thing. Definitely with the sidecar because it's you know, all one unit. Okay. Uh, motorbike and sidecar is actually a perfect platform for electrical propulsion yes, because yeah. you still have to be careful with weight yeah. distribution. As anybody mm-hmm. who's ridden a bad, badly set up sidecar will tell you. Oh, yeah. But there's certainly a little more latitude of where you actually put the weight on it a sidecar. It actually scares me a little bit because when you brake with a sidecar, um, you know, the sidecar continues moving. Well, so y- if, if you set up so brakes properly, um, mm. and a lot of the Urals are two-wheel drive and have got sidecar braking, yeah. wow. um, which helps. Oh, yeah. Believe me, sidecar yeah. braking helps. So, so, like, one of the sidecar's wheels is driving or the front wheel of the bike? No, Obviously one of the sidecar side wheels right? driving. Okay. Yeah, it's an axle that, that goes out from the main wheel, main rear wheel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, goes to the, the supposedly side. it makes it marginally less terrifying, but I don't buy into that nonsense. <laughs> I mean, sidecars are instruments of the devil. Um, it, they're different to ride. I mean, mm. if you imagine, it's all about inertia. When you get on a motorbike and sidecar, traditional one, and mm-hmm. give it the beans, mm. you want to go, and the sidecar's going like, hang on, I don't want to go. So it's pulling uh, you towards so the sidecar. So it's the same car. in the other way as well. So Object at rest would like to stay there right. unless acted upon. By conversely, you. when mm-hmm. you brake, especially mm-hmm. when you brake... Smart guy in the house. Um, when you brake heavily, you're the mad scientist. <laughs> the motorbike wants to slow down, and the sidecar's going. No, I'm quite happy maintaining a speed. So it an kind object of, it in motion would like to stay to in left. motion, <laughs> and it really is quite disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite fun, though. It can be. 
It's bizarre. It can, it they, can be, well, they but spin wide, around. They do spin around, mm-hmm. um, but you know, <laughs> okay. generally, sort of wide bloodshot eyes and white knuckles. There, are, there's uh, a lot more. The hallmarks body. of a sidecar pilot. <laughs> <laughs> big arms and bloodshot eyes. Yes, big arms, mm-hmm. bloodshot eyes, um, and the monkey on the sled. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I've got a couple emails to read here. Um, I wanted to pass this one, Bagel. You're actually going to read that one, but okay. this one um, I'm going to read because it brings up zeros. So why Ooh. not go with this? Right. Oh, those guys. <laughs> Yeah, and, and we are catching up on some of the older emails. Uh, but this one is from Kyle Lehman, I hope. Lehman. Hey, Kyle. Kyle. It says, hello, misfits. Greetings hello. from the east side in Fleetwood, Pennsylvania. Ooh. Ooh. That's where Fleetwood Mac's from. <laughs> is that where Fleetwood Mac is from? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, no, really? I thought Fleetwood Mac used to ride around in a Cadillac Fleetwood. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, and where like the Brome Brothers? Yes. But he all says, right. uh, "I hear all the flat track news you guys have out west." And to be honest, I had to look up what flat track racing was. Love to try it one day. Then I saw on my Facebook feed that my local hockey arena was hosting a flat track event on the ice. Oh, Sick. About halfway through, I was experiencing oh. a new high, two-stroke feeling that makes you, you want know. to go faster during one. One of their breaks, they brought out four electric mini bikes. Oh, Six, right! And asked for four females to race them on the ice. I was shocked and excited that they were trying to engage the audience. Plus, the female audience, the ladies did great too. No one fell, and one gal did a 180. Sweet, awesome! So that was mini bikes without the little spikes. It was just straight up mini bike racing. That's a hoot. So, so no um, studs. Oh he man, says, I totally would have been calling sexism. <clears throat> like, girls only? Not fair. Oh, well. No way. Quick question. Considering zeros are customizable cust- customizable from the factory, mm-hmm. how would you outfit yours? A buddy and I were talking about trying out zeros. With a gasoline engine. I googled engine. it, and boy, were we lucky. <laughs> Not that one. A fat carburetor. Uh, there was a test day about an hour away, uh, that coming up weekend, at a dealership. We arrive on our bikes to find out it's electric week. The parking lot was filled with electric cars and tons of personalized zeros. One dude had outfitted a Tesla charger to a zero, where a rear case would be, allowing him to use a Tesla fast charger. Mm, I probably built that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, He checked out all their floor models and filled out the paperwork, tried out the uh, Zero SR and FX. Um, it was the first time he saw him in person. Pretty damn sexy, if you ask me. Um, but then, uh, so he says, uh, quite concerned the first half of the test drive because we didn't go past 45. And then our leader slows to a stop and quietly mentions to us that we can gun it on this straightaway. Zoom! Oh, man, did I give it the beans! <laughs> so, um, so he let him gain some distance to truly test out the top speed. And uh, when they were doing a hun- when you were doing 100 miles an hour, it is the closest thing I felt to a free fall because all you hear is the wind flying by you. Ooh, mm-hmm. That's cool. So yeah, um, that's awesome. That is a good question. How can you are you customizable? Can you customize? Let's not use electric Terry's bike. Yeah, they're um, totally customizable. Um, and if you want to do something like flat tracking with it, you guys, uh, I'm sure everybody here has heard of Preston Petty. Um, Here's some pictures of the mini bikes on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he actually flat tracks his zero, so it's it's doable uh, at that level as well. But um, you know you can completely program it um, 
it has probably another 20% of power that's available in the bike to be turned up. Um, and of course you can neuter it down. They do that in Europe to get the bike, uh, to the equivalent of a 150 CC. Um, but you also have tons of, of customizations that you can make. You know, one of the things I noticed, because we were watching them race the Alta up in, uh, at the one a while back, is a lot of it just seems to be how do you get traction? How can you keep the back tire, you know, from, from spinning out? So like, what would be like the simple, easy things, like suspension-wise, or would it be all controller stuff? Uh, well, so there's, there's two things. One would be to have your suspension properly set up for sure. Um, but the electric engine or motor, you have torque from zero RPM. So I don't know, but I'll find out soon. I imagine it's going to be really hard to keep it from spinning all the way up all the time, um, which is where something like that clutch might come in handy or a slightly neutered uh, torque curve. <coughs> oh, I don't like in. the sound of that, darling. <laughs> you, you may, for example, on the dirt, I don't know how many times you're going to be doing over 100 miles an hour. So all you, the time. You haven't oh, seen it. On purpose, never. Yeah, so you you may want to have a, a custom-tuned version for the dirt mm. where it tops out at, say, like 60 miles an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would make it far more rideable, I imagine, um, than just Very leaving cool. it like 130 miles an hour, spin it up all the way. And mm. let's mention, too, customizable um, Hollywood Electrics has yes. a fairing. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. They've got a fairing that you can put on the front of the bike. Um, they have a carbon fiber bit that you can put on the tail. Uh, they have a full carbon fiber kit for... Oh, it's a good-looking bike. It's beautiful, yeah. It yeah. So, um, do you know how I'd customize my Zero? How? I would remove the power plant and batteries and replace it with the engine out of a 1962 aerial arrow. Ooh. Chocks away, darling. <laughs> Spoiled, spoiled. Bagel. That doesn't yes. solve anything. Do you have an email? There? <laughs> I do. So I have an email from Ike Spohr. And uh, Ike's from Abilene, Texas. Hey, Ike. Hey. It says, salutations, misfits. I'm salutations. A, I'm a daily commuter. Living in West Texas, I re- ride year-round, only caging if it's raining or the rare occasion when it's icy or snowing. Being a year-round commuter and constant rider, I get a little stagnant sometimes and lose some of the joy of riding as it becomes a little monotonous. Mm-hmm. Every year, I look forward to a trip I take with, few, with a few friends riding 400-plus miles from our West Texas town to Galveston for the Lone Star Rally. Mm-hmm. It's a trip that really helps to reset my internal and resuscitate my joy of riding. This year, due to an unforeseen circumstance, our housing fell through, and we were forced to cancel the trip. Yeah. So to make it up, to make up for it, my friends and I decided to take some back roads outside of town and go on an extended lunch run, which ended up being about 120 miles. The roads we took were so fun and twisty that I had to get another taste, and I went out again two days later to ride two of the more twisty roads we took. I must say, my passion for motorcycling was reinvigorated by this. I'd forgotten how much I love riding. Taking 50 mile per hour twisties at 75 plus, doing 120 on a long, flat, straight road, being able to connect on an almost symbiotic level with my motorcycle. It has been very ther- therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. I guess my whole point to anyone who is feeling uh, stagnant in, the, in their motorcycle life is that finding roads to help you reconnect with your motorcycle passion doesn't have to involve hundreds of miles or, e- or even an overnight road trip or rally or, to a rally or motorcycle show. Sometimes just exploring around a 100 mile radius of home can help reinvigorate your 
your order for two wheels. And it's a lot cheaper, too. So wherever you live, take some time to go to Google Maps and look at some of the country roads or farm-to-market roads, if you're in Texas, uh, around where you live. And if you see and see if there aren't some twisty roads you've never explored around your town. You might find that there is some adventure a lot closer to home than you thought. Still love the show? Keep doing what you're doing, because I'm loving it. Oh, and Bagel, I waved at a scooter driver the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Granted, right Granted, I initially thought it was a real motorcycle, <laughs> but, but I did not rescind my wave once I saw it was a scooter. No, you Wait, kept you that one finger going. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it's with a certain finger that you can yeah. hold up. <laughs> but yes, thank you, Ike. That was uh, much appreciated. And Ike also has a postscript here. Traitor and turncoat. <laughs> he says, uh, everyone should always wear a helmet for personal safety. Yes. It's ridiculous to uh. deny yourself personal protection just because it's mandated by law. It's also the law for us to stop at red lights and use a turn signal and not ride drunk and refrain from murdering people. Are these things that should be ignored just because the government is telling you to do them? Well, I'll con- no, I'll we con- have we don't have Z here to. T- <laughs> yes, but I'll consider myself thoroughly berated. All right, and I think I think it's a good point because, you know, it, I, and that's why I've always wanted. No, to I mean he's absolutely right, of yeah. course. I mean, I I'm still completely ashamed of what I did to myself. <laughs> I, I think a wise rebellious attitude is quite nice, mm. but that wisdom is is kind of sexy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, rebel when when it's you know when it's necessary. And, and you're not my real daddy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Emma, what do you got there? I have an email here from Derek Richley. Richie. Oh, it is Richie. Oh, yes, I apologize, Derek. Thanks, exclamation point. Uh-huh. Hey, welcome. guys. Happy hump day, and thanks for reading my email. Hey, this Derek. E- this email arrived on Wednesday. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think every day should be No, I just I wanted to clear that. Every day well, should every be hump day, day, Emma. It could well, have no, just been a really good day for the him. Point, the point I'm making with this is the email arrived on Wednesday. We're reading it on Sunday night. And there's a very good possibility that people listening to our podcast, it's going to be Monday morning for them. Well, if they're confused, then they need to hump fix day. it and just make it hump day for themselves. Day. Well, yeah. I you find a way. That, really. The email continues. <laughs> it that. continues, darling. Well, I've humped I, myself. I mean, come on. <laughs> Outside of Wednesday? Darling. Michael. Who hasn't? <laughs> wow. You rebel. I thought wow. I'd give you some clarification based on your questions and comments. So we, we were giving him some advice on what dual sport to buy. Firstly, my dear Emma, thank you for the nice comments upon my visage. Back at you, sweetheart. So there's a compliment right out of the box. He knows how to get in my good books. So his requirements are cruising a lot of... gin. Yes. It's gin. You send me gin, I'll be your best friend, darling. He's cruising a lot of pavement, freeway and high speeds, long camping trips, lots of luggage. Used bikes are perfectly okay. My employer's credit union gives me kick-ass rates on used bike loans. Tra-la-la. Lucky guy. Would like to have a close to the comfort of his Connie as possible. He's not a big dude, but if Jocelyn can do it, he can. Especially if she teaches me smiley face in brackets, and I still want to be her daddy. What do you, darling? Very nice. She's tough tits. I wouldn't understand. No, Jocelyn is tough. <laughs> She's tough. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're not going to do what Jocelyn's going to do. But anyway. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're accelerating towards the final paragraph, darling. <clears throat> so Emma, in her tongue-in-cheekiness, is, is sort of onto something with her suggestion of putting knobbies on my Connie. I yes. still stand by that. 
TKC80s coming 17s. Exactly. <laughs> Although uh, facetious, th- that much comfort and storage and horsepower with less weight. What about the Versus? Um, or use BMW. I mean, the Versus, it's, it's an interesting choice because the Versus 650, I could see it. The Versus 1000, I can't. Do you think there's enough, like, travel in the suspension and all that? I don't know. You know, I look at a Versus 1000, and it's... It's just too heavy for what he wants. Well, you know... Ah, maybe. I don't know. It's all back to weight. But the reason BMW... You see, BMW GS is a big, heavy bike, so there's no escaping that. And they come on TKC80s. And they come on (laughs) TKC80s. But it's back to my imaginary line. Mm. The weight in a BMW is down and forward, mm-hmm. and that's how they get away with it. They've got this giant frigging crankshaft that's mm-hmm. very, very low down in the engine mm-hmm. and very far forward in the engine. Yep. This, this is a characteristic of, of Boxer Twins. Mm-hmm. And so it belies its weight. Um, the Connie, the only reason that the Connie would be really quite poor is... It carries its weight a little bit higher. If you could figure out a way of getting that weight down and low, you you would have a screaming time with knobbies on a Connie. I don't well, know. I mean, versus I, really are there's very, There's a very good very chance I'm going to put knobbies on my Connie. <laughs> you guys are weirdos. <laughs> yes. And Ride with a half tank as your full some, tank. And tell us something some we weight. don't know. Yeah, I mean... In the bottom? <laughs> I really don't know what to suggest. I mean, you but, know, but of course, that's a good bad idea. It is an extremely good bad idea. Um, a, a slab in dual sport—that's what he want. Why not the DR650? That's exactly what I was going to say. Keep that's going, the bike. Keep DR650. going back to the DR650. If they made that water cool, that'd be such a no. Street, that's the beauty tires. of it. <laughs> that go. is the beauty of the DR650. Yeah, but that's the bike. The DR650. Such a simple yeah. bike far more so than the KLR. Um, And when somebody comes to me with a DR650 that suffered from a seizure because it overheated, which has never happened, (laughs) I will argue the case for water cooling it. Um, They're great bikes. Mm -hmm. They really are. Or they've got this this feeling about them that the KLR doesn't. And it's something, it's kind of intangible. (laughs) Or just get a burnt-out dual sport and throw a zero motor in it. Put a washing machine engine in it. Can you do that? And a couple car batteries and a dimmer switch. You can make that work, right? If you want to do it that way, we can do it that way. Dude. Just reminding, he was looking for comfort. Too. Hmm. Because uh, literally, you can with probably the seat. take. There you go. Well, the guy had a ninja on the sheet iron. Good. I've taken my triumph on shit that there's no reason right. why I should have been. Like, Elsbeth took her beamer. You, like you can ride a bike. It's in ways you shouldn't. But if you want it to be comfortable, it's mm-hmm. and I mean if aesthetics aren't massively high on your list of priorities, and you you don't mind taking a few liberties. Traditionally, we, we consider dirt bikes as being single cylinders, and we've all all gone into the whys and wherefores of why that's a good idea. With a single cylinder bike comes quite a narrow frame, and with a narrow frame becomes a narrower seat. Now, if you don't mind exploring 
putting a wider seat on a narrow frame there's absolutely no reason why you can't can't have all the comfort of a connie Mm-hmm. And okay, so the seat hangs out either side of the frame rails by an mm. inch. That extra width is going to give you so much more comfort. Mm. But it's going to look kind of goofy. Now, you can kind of disguise it a little bit by putting fatter side panels on it and lose some of the litheness and the narrowness of the bike. What if we just duct tape some bubble wrap to his ass? No. <laughs> that, is, that is a thought. Then the bike will look high. I've ridden a DR650 uh, that was being ridden like uh, around the world and it was set up very comfortably. And you can do the same with a KLR650. Right. Um, I think just in general that is a very comfortable riding position. Yeah, the setup, that's my it's, yes. it's what you call a standard riding position, and I always default back to standard. And there's a, there's, a, there's a reason. ton of accessories you can you can accessorize yeah. it, whether it's luggage or whatever you want to put on it. There's a ton of stuff out there to customize them. You know, one of the the a very very capable off road bike that we never got in the states, but was a very good seller in Europe, was the KLE. 500 Kawasaki Mm -hmm. and what that basically was was a 500 Ninja engine in an Mm -hmm. adventure chassis so twin yeah okay Mm. 500 Ninja that's pretty cool Um, well Kawasaki does that a lot they take a good parallel twin and they put it in Freaking everything! No, that's true. Right. Yep. I was on Liza's. But these things the go. These things go back mm-hmm. twenty-five years. I mean, in the yeah. early nineties, I, I vividly remember pulling yeah. KLEs. And the best thing about them, they're quite a handsome bike. They've got these batshit, crazy nineties paint schemes on them. <laughs> yeah. Really good looking. Maybe bike. the flat track bike. Yeah. Maybe Derek well, should email Forty Cal Customs. See what they have. To say. <laughs> Maybe he should just yeah. duct tape some bubble wrap yeah. to his ass. There you go. So um, before we go, I wanted to share something that's kind of interesting. Oh, woo woo so news! I haven't talked about Wurwur, the Women Riders World Relay lately, mm-hmm. but we have been working on it. It is coming together. Um, oh, I mean, I'll, uh, we. I will. I guess I'll just say. We are going to be having an event in March at the Ace Cafe, mm. and we already have Carolyn Sells and Elspeth Beard and Jenny Tinmouth. Uh, Tinmouth is it Mount Tinmouth or Tinmouth? Tinmouth. Tinmouth, uh, who are going to be speakers. So I'm like, well, I have to be there. So I bought a plane ticket to London to go for the weekend. <laughs> wow. yeah, are you, you going to be speaking, or are you going to be just hanging out? Oh, maybe I will speak. Um, I can do whatever I want. I'm one of the admins. (laughs) 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 But um, because of Wurwur, and there was a poll that came out by the Motorcycle Industry Council last week. Will you bring me back some fish and chips, darling? (laughs) (laughs) And um, it was about, it stated that uh, 19% of riders are are women riders. Women riders cover 19% now. It's up from 14%. Awesome. And we looked at the numbers of that poll, and they had actually polled 2,500 people, which means that to get the number 19%, it was about 500 women they polled. Mm-hmm. And then they had a bunch of statistics about what they spent. And I thought, I've got access to way more women than that. Yes, you do. Darling. So we put a, our own survey in the field that I'm hoping... Uh, every woman who hears this, if you go to the Recycle page I uh, on Facebook, I recently posted it there. Or if you haven't joined Women Riders World Relay, you can find it there. Why not? But exactly. I wanted to share some of the statistics. This is still a live survey, but it's kind of interesting. Very. First of all... Um, it's a poll. The, the age. Uh, 54% of the women are 41 to 55. 
Wow. Okay. Right? But you know what's missing is the, like, the 20s and the 30s. We got a bunch of young writers, but, uh, like, people in, like, 31 to 35 is only uh, 6%. So hmm. babies took them out, too. So basically, it seems like, yeah, I think a lot of women don't ride because maybe there's families, mm. and then they get back into it. it or the economy, something happened there. Sure. The recession, who knows? So, but, so that was interesting. It's a lot of the, the older women who are riding, but knowing that same statistic. What about the prehistoric ones like me, darling? Well, you know. <laughs> Millennials um, are the charts. The industry. <laughs> but when, I, when we asked, how many years have you been riding? And that was interesting. 38% have only been writing zero to five years. Wow. Hmm. Whoa. Cool. So I think that shows that a lot of people are getting into it. Maybe yeah. a little bit late. Um, I started on the steam-powered bikes, darling. 66, <laughs> 66%. They exist. 66% are interested in taking additional rider courses. Um 55% do their own maintenance and customization. That was so nice to see. Quite right, right. too. And here's another one I like. Do you have a mechanic you can trust? Because I think a lot of women are intimidated by mechanics. And because they don't, a lot of them don't know if they're being told the truth or not. Mm. And interestingly, um, 12% said no, but 76% said yes. Wow. And you know, I think truthfully, and I'm, I'm sticking my neck out here a little bit, I think it's a little more reflective of the industry in general. Uh, the, community. That, yeah. the, the community. The community in general, because mm -hmm. back in the 70s, when you could make a lot of money in the motorcycle industry, there were a lot of cowboys out there and a lot of sharks out there. And get-rich-quick schemes and the industry the motor industry in general had a very 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 shaky reputation now i find the majority of people who are involved in this industry a genuine enthusiast because god knows you're not going to get rich working on motorbikes mm. so you really have to have a damn good reason to do it and certainly in monterey we i mean i'm on auto center drive so there's three other bike shops very close to ours there's countless car shops there's independence there's the dealer guys and everybody i really talk to in amongst that circle we're all enthusiasts in our own right you, you know i also have to say something um Given that women riders represent approximately 20%, one-fifth of the industry, there's still a fairly small number. And what that means is is that as a tech, especially as a shady tech, you've got to be really careful about your mark. I mean, if a woman rides in and says she's got a problem, one has to presume that she's probably pretty badass. She's one of the 20%, right? right. How far do you think you're realistically going to get pulling shady shit? You know, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's a cool perspective. And here's another one. Mm -hmm. um, are you satisfied with the selection of gear for women? And 76% oh, yeah. <laughs> said no. Pink it and shrink it. You hear that shit? Three quarters. Pink it and shrink it. That's yep. the industry uh, standard. The custom comments are quite and then, interesting. This is a this is something I, I threw in. Um, do you ride with Bluetooth communication? It was half, 48% percent uh said no 47 percent said yes i think 
Mamuka is going to be one of that 47% right <laughs> I now. I can't wait. We're I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> Taking the bike with this thing. Anyway, so um, go on over to either Women Writers World Relay on Facebook or our, our Recycle page and you will find that poll. We'd like to get as many women to take this as possible. We're trying to be a voice, gather uh, you know everyone's opinions and be a voice that's heard by the industry. Um so on that note, I think we've just wrapped about everything up. Um, we've a bunch of us are got plans uh, for. Let's see, we got bad mats coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, still haven't uh, been to that yet. Oh, Holiday dude, you gotta come. Yeah. Dude, you gotta come. Uh, That's so much there, fun. So Yuri, I asked him if he wants to come, and yeah. he says you got you got to get Dion San, Dion Campbell there again. Oh, well, Dion. I'm like, oh. And, uh, when we had Michelle DeSalvo, oh, yeah. Yuri Berrigan, yes. and Dion Campbell all racing on this oh, backyard mud pit. I yep. still tell people, oh, I'm God. like, yeah, I've raced Yuri. I've raced Michelle. I've <laughs> <laughs> been on the track with him. But so, just yeah. before we go, Yuri appeared this week at Misfits on his commando. I did a little bit of work. It makes me so happy that he's right. He loves and that. He loves it sounds that great. Yeah. He loves it sounds that bike. Great. Uh, just for those in the, the Bay Area, I wanted to plug the <gasps> event for Dames Don't Care Motorcycle yes. Collective oh. Treasure Island TT Races. Who wants cool. to go? Next Friday. Mm-hmm. So wow. Treasure Island is uh, the island between San Francisco and Oakland <laughs> and the Bay Bridge. And there's a section of the island that was built for the World's Fair in like 1939, right? And then it was turned into an army base that's mm-hmm. been kind of abandoned. So there's all these buildings over there and, and uh, housing and everything. And people are starting to come back in. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's Open a lots. ghost town yeah. at night of old mm. like army buildings. And they're taking over this section of it and doing a... A TT track for mini bikes. It's a mini right. motor races taking place somewhere to be announced. So check it out on Facebook. The 125cc under four stroke. Yes. 80cc and under two stroke. Hmm. Jim, come on. This is your oh, chance. Sign up. This is your chance, dude. So You're going to be kicking yourself. I will be too. If you don't Friday, register. Friday, December 14th, 7 p.m. is the start line. Dude, if you're really worried about pushing yourself and getting injured, just just take it easy and just have fun. That's true. Well, you know, well, a lot of take it is if, if you guys, well, people in the Bay Area know, they, people do what, what's what, Gymkhana? Uh-huh. So yeah. people get serious and put slicks on their TTRs, build up to spit. They're wearing like fucking track suits and shit, you know? I'm going to show up out there in my underwear like, hey, let's have a good time. <laughs> There's certainly a class for that. Yes. No, darling, I wish I could go, but I shall be working. Mm. And unfortunately, my shoulder's still a bit crunchy as well. well so. I'm definitely going. It doesn't start till 7 p.m. And, so and afterwards. if you can't make that the very next day, Vampire's 14th mm-hmm. Annual Kilt Ride. Oh, that's a bit more like it. Is happening Valencia Street, San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. Saturday oh. in the morning, not too early at 11. Now, uh, anything is acceptable as a kilt as long as your legs are showing. I remember Phil was out here a couple mm-hmm. years ago, and he did that ride, and he says, got a beach town, You ain't seen it? nothing till you've seen Adrian riding in her kilt stand up on the freeway on the and freeway. have the kilt blow up. <laughs> on the freeway. <laughs> Happy so, birthday, <laughs> Mr. President. <laughs> so it sounds like we've just got a lot of good bad idea things coming up this it's, is this is a good bad idea it's holiday hooliganism yes yes 
I know. It so is holiday hooligan. Hopefully, we have deluxe. some some good stories from all of these. Hopefully, there's some um, no one injured crash stories to share. Yeah. I don't no more know. Yes. We'll stretch, see. man. So much stuff. But um, thank you again, everyone, for sending your emails. Keep them coming. And why don't you tell us your good, bad ideas? Mm. Oh, there's so many ways you can go with this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, and a big thanks again to our Patreon subscribers. Just remember, go on there for $5 a month. You will be eligible to get one of our brand new limited run t-shirts designed by knock stop it <laughs> dude you have the skills it's all right got mad skills all right thanks all right. scott for the helmet and the cool stuff and Thank yeah you. and thanks everyone cool. to our listeners we appreciate it uh, on that note i think Ooh, we're ready to I go one. just remember what 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 what, what just what, remember what, what, go to motorcycles and misfits.com find the links to everything and brandon what do you have I have one more thank okay. you oh, to yes. Travis Gins, who supported our Indiegogo. He bought the thank you package, and this is uh, your personal thank you. Right on. All right. Oh, hey, yeah. there you go. Cool. Thank, cool. thank you, Travis. Did you, did you hear about it from our podcast Rad. or something? Or what? Yes. You yeah. heard it. Hey. Hey. You heard it here first. All right. And don't forget cool. to go check out Carmen Gentile's a story, Blinded by the... Taliban. Pretty crazy. Dude. The man took Dude. a rocket Blind, to his to the fucking Dude. face. Blind, Is it blindsided? Blindsided. Blindsided. Yeah, blindsided. <laughs> sorry. Blinded, yes, blindsided Dude. by the Taliban. Very cool. So much there. On that note, I think we're ready to go. Thanks again for listening. This is Liza. This is Doc. Like a gym. Bagel. Emma Darling. Stop, stupid as go. <laughs> <laughs> Aloha. Maruka. Hi. <laughs> and we're out of here. Yes, you are. Cool, cool. <laughs> good, good.